I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. Next is now. We're really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Haley Fuchs, a reporter at Politico, uh, wrote a brilliant piece on how Russian entities are retaining much of their D.C. lobbying power. We've talked about sanctions. We've talked about a lot of the things going on. The lobbying, uh, being in the room where it happens and how that happens is such a fascinating thing to really look at. Haley, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. In your piece for Politico, uh, you, you kind of start with the, the background. And for our listeners, uh, maybe just catch them up a little bit in terms of what is it that uh, these entities or these people who represent or lobby, kind of the difference of kind of your traditional lobbyists for a, a regular old U.S. company and those that might have uh, a foreign company or be tied to a foreign government? Sure. So there's this thing called the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which basically requires certain foreign entities and lobbyists for, for foreign entities to register with the Department of Justice. Separately, there is you know another system for domestic lobbyists who, who register. And the domestic system, there's far less detail about what these lobbyists are doing. Under FARA, uh, foreign entities will have to report who they're speaking with in government or in the press on behalf of their client. They'll have to report the expenses that they're making on behalf of their client. With this domestic system that, let's say, you know, Google or, or Amazon might use, all they have to report is uh, the agency, the government agency with which they're speaking and how much their lobbyists are, are being paid. So for, for these, uh, let's uh, get specific to Russia now uh, in terms of what <laughs> that uh, what that means, and obviously there's uh, such a, a mix between the oligarchs, between the, uh, the the entities that are all connected to the government in some way or another. Uh, how have they been kind of going under the radar and not having to fall in line with this Foreign Agents Registration Act? There is effectively a, a carve-out, or someone call a loophole, in, in the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA as it's called, which basically says that if, let's say, Russian entities do not need to register with the Department of Justice if they register with this domestic system. And so long as a foreign government or political party is not the principal beneficiary of the lobbying effort. And there, you know, a lot of people say that this idea of the principal beneficiary standard is very vague. So, you know, it sometimes can be unclear and entities will decide differently whether they, whether they register with the Department of Justice or with this domestic system. So as long as as long as they're at least claiming that they're not uh, it, their activities are not benefiting a foreign government or foreign political party, 
then then those loopholes kind of exist, and they they don't feel like they have to register under that, which again, which would re- require them uh, to disclose a lot more. Is that right? Yeah, so long as the government or political party is not the quote unquote principal beneficiary, and that is you know very vague in terms of what it means to be a principal beneficiary of of a lobbying effort. All right. So now, now help us connect all the dots. So uh, we're we're putting sanctions on oligarchs and Russian entities uh, because of their direct connection to Vladimir Putin or to the benefit of of the government to fund their war efforts against Ukraine. And at the same time, we still have lobbying taking place on behalf of those banks. I'm, I'm assuming it's banks, oil companies, those kinds of things. So a lot of these Russian entities, they had to cut their ties with their lobbyists because of the sanctions. But for years before these sanctions were implemented by the Biden administration, the public had a limited view of what that lobbying looked like because of this carve out in the Foreign Agents Registration Act. So Russian entities that with ties to the Kremlin were able to hide in some ways some of what they were doing in Washington and beyond. Wow. And so, again, banks, Nord Stream 2, those, those would all kind of fall mm-hmm. under that same parameter. Right. And so, uh, again, I think for a lot of Americans thinking, okay, we've got a foreign entities lobbying and it's not being disclosed. So we have a transparency issue there for sure. Uh, so, so what is being done? Uh, is there any activities uh, in Congress uh, to deal with some of these loopholes uh, and, and some of these uh, issues in terms of reporting? There are efforts in Congress, and there have been, to close this this loophole in FARA. However, it hasn't really picked up much steam. There's been lobbying against efforts to reform FARA from foreign companies. So kind of efforts to reform this piece of legislation have kind of fallen flat. And is that mostly because those lawyers and lobbyists are, are good at what they do? And so members of Congress are like, uh, we'll, we'll live with it because there might be some benefit there. Uh, how, how is that playing on Capitol Hill? I, you know, I think um, it's hard to speculate, you know, what, is, what are the motivations by what picks up steam on Capitol Hill. But surely, you know, the last two years there have been have been uh, pretty hectic. But there has been lobbying against legislation to reform FARA by foreign companies. And uh, I know it's one of the other things that you pointed out in your piece that I wanted to, to get to as well is obviously the, the big focus is on Russia currently. Uh, but how does this also play into to places uh, like China? This kind of LDA exemption, as it's called, to FARA, whereby foreign entities don't need to register with the Department of Justice. You know, it doesn't apply just to Russia. It applies to any foreign entity. So um, we found an example of BGR, which is a big D.C. lobbying firm, uh, reported payments from a lawyer who was connected to a Chinese electronics company. So we're seeing examples of this exemption to FARA being used from Russian companies, Chinese companies, and, and beyond. Yeah, it's so vital. And, and just uh, having that kind of transparency in terms of people just knowing, uh, because sometimes I think uh, you know so, so much of what gets done in Congress is either you know unanimous consent or is lumped into some other massive bill and nobody actually gets around to reading it. And a lot of those things seem to be influenced by a lot of these uh, lobbyists representing these foreign entities. Uh, as you look at things moving forward, Haley, what, uh, what are you watching for? Is there anything on the horizon that might catch steam or things that we should be aware of or, or watching for? Activists have speculated to me that once these sanctions are lifted, some of these Russian entities will, you know, retain lobbyists in D.C. once again. It will certainly be interesting to see kind of over the next several months, several years, 
whether or not these Russian entity, entities that quickly became persona non grata in Washington are able to, you know, find find people to represent them once again. Fascinating stuff. Great piece in Politico. Haley Fuchs is a reporter there for Politico. The, the uh, article is how Russian entities are retaining much of their D.C. lobbying influence. Uh, this is an important conversation, one that definitely needs some light shed on it. Uh, Haley, thank you so much for your reporting. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Thank you for having me. Always got to look at the lobbyists and the lawyers. That's uh, where a lot of the influence is being peddled. Coming up, Russia and Ukraine have been meeting for peace talks in Turkey. How it's how's it going? We'll get the scoop from ABC News' Andy's Field coming up next. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.